<coughs> we're considering this summer series from the book of Psalms, and today we will look at Psalm number 116, Psalm number 116 for our text today, Psalm 116 for our text as we look at the wonderful Psalms of the Bible. I remember a couple times when I was working on Uncle Ad's farm that I had what you might call close calls. On a hot summer day, we were loading hay into the barn. I was stacking bales up inside the hay mow. And after we finished, I crawled out of that hot, sweaty old place uh, at the window way up in the top of the barn onto the hay elevator. And I always used to lay down for a couple minutes right on the top of the hay elevator because you could get a little breeze and cool off from that hard work in the mow. As I laid down there on top of the hay elevator, suddenly I felt a strange sensation. I looked down. Uncle Ed was backing up the tractor and wagon, and he caught the elevator with the wagon. And that sensation I was... Uh, having was the elevator was tipping over and the hay window was 20 feet off of level ground but right there next to the barn was a great big deep hole so from the top of the elevator to the ground was about 30 foot drop and the hay elevator was tipping over (laughs) and I'm hanging on for dear life I'm yelling stop stop and he couldn't hear me above the tractor. He just kept going. And my cousin Roger happened to be there. <clears throat> he ran over and stopped Uncle Ed. Uncle Ed looked up and saw me hanging there. He laughed and pulled forward. I'll tell you, it was good to feel that elevator come back down to level <laughs> ground again. That was a close call. I remember another time we had to get a load of hay way up on top of the high mountain there. So Uncle Ad drove the tractor, pulling the baler, and I rode in the hay wagon in the back. And we used this old dirt road that went up the side of the mountain. They called it Lover's Lane. Because it was an old dirt road, there's only like two or three houses on the whole road, and there were no guardrails at all. And going up was no problem. It's when we got the hay and we're coming down that there was a a drop-off about 60 feet down into a gully. Well, the hay wagon was pushing against the baler because it was full and I was sitting on it down the mountain. And suddenly the pin that held the wagon to the baler popped out. Now the wagon was freewheeling down the mountain. It crashed into the baler. And I looked down in that gully and I shouted, Stop! Stop! Uncle Ed laughed and kept going. (laughs) So I got ready to jump. I was going to jump rather than go over that cliff. And I kept yelling, Stop! Stop! And finally he stopped. What's the matter with you? I said, The wagon is unhitched, freewheeling. And that's a long way down that gully. That was another close call. I guess God was watching out for me, even when I was a smart alley kid, keeping me safe. A fall off the hay elevator or over the cliff might not have ended well. 
<laughs> but I survived with no harm done. Uncle Ed just laughed, said, ah, you're all right. And I was. The author of our psalm today had a close call. And he doesn't say exactly what happened, except to say that he came so close to dying that he could feel the sensation of death grabbing him and pulling him under. Now, we don't know for sure who wrote Psalm 116. It doesn't have any title to it. There's no uh, musical instructions. So we can't say for sure who wrote it. I'm just going to guess, and I would say it reads like one of David's psalms because good music is always full of emotions. And this is a well-written piece. And the author expresses his feelings. And as a matter of fact, this psalm is full of emotions, which makes it sound like it came from David's pen. David or someone else, it really doesn't matter. Now, we do know David had a lot of close calls with death. He killed a bear with his bare hands. That's a close call. He also killed a lion. He had a javelin thrown at him, which just a quick duck barely missed him. He was hunted down like a fugitive and nearly captured several times. So his whole life was full of close calls. So let's begin and feel the emotions as they come pouring out of this wonderful psalm. Now there are three stanzas, like we sing different verses of a song. There's three stanzas in this one. We're going to look at them as three separate thoughts. Starting now at Psalm 116, verse number 1. I love the Lord because he heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear unto me. Therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. He starts out on an emotional high note. I love the Lord. Love is a powerful emotion. It expresses a deep attachment to somebody. It expresses a sovereign choice. When we love someone, we want to be with them. That's what love does. I remember a young lady I met, and I just couldn't get enough of her. I wanted to be with her every minute, so I married her. She's sitting right over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. She always says, don't talk about me. I can't help it. can't help it. Love is a driving force. And he starts out with a burst of emotion. I love the Lord. Now, if you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, if you've been forgiven and you've been cleansed from your sins, you ought to be able to join in and say, I love the Lord too. You should be drawn to him. You should have made a choice that Jesus is just wonderful, and I choose to love him. But then the psalmist tells us why he loves the Lord so much. He says, because I prayed to him. And he said, he heard my voice, or that is, I prayed out loud. And I begged him for help. And he heard me, and he came running to help me. And that felt so good that I intend to pray for the rest of my life. That's how he put it. 
And here's what he prayed about, verse 3. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow, and I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. He nearly died. He doesn't tell us what happened, but he nearly died. It was such a close call. He said, I could feel death pulling me down to the place of the dead. Remember, David told his friend Jonathan, he said, King Saul, your father's trying to kill me. I'm only one step ahead of him. They came this morning to my house and tried to kill me in my bed, and I escaped out the back window. I'm as good as dead. But David told his friend Jonathan. And then he prayed, oh God, help me, help me, please. And God was kind and full of mercy. And he delivered me, he said, from death's door. Verse number six, the Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. He said about his prayer, I didn't make any fancy prayers. I didn't pray like some preachers do. <laughs> who preach a sermon in their prayers. I didn't plead my case like a lawyer. I just cried out this simple prayer. Now, my friends, God loves simple prayers. Fancy prayers don't impress him one bit. It was Jesus who told the story of two men. He said one prayed a long, beautiful, fancy prayer loudly so everybody could hear that beautiful prayer. And the other man only prayed seven words, God be merciful to me a sinner. Jesus said he heard the simple prayer, but he ignored the fancy prayer. The psalm writer said, I was simple and humble, and God helped me. Verse 7 and 8 Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. <clears throat> because God helped me, he said, my soul could return to rest, is how he put it. Or in our language, I felt the stresses of life go out of me. I could relax finally and feel calm and secure because God heard my prayer and helped me. He delivered my soul from death. I feel free. I'm going to live forever. He delivered my eyes from tears. He said, I have a change in my attitude. I'm so happy. And he delivered my feet from falling. I have a new stability in my life. Oh, what a good thing it is, my friends, to pray and have God answer. It changed my life. So I intend, he says, to pray all the rest of the days. I just love the Lord. That's the first stanza. Now we begin the second verse of the psalm in verse number 9. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. The first stanza is all about his private relationship with God and his personal interaction with God. But here in the second stanza, he says this, I need to live for God in public, in the land of the living. The world around me needs to know how I feel about God. In verse 10, I believed, therefore I have spoken. I was greatly afflicted. 
if I truly believe in God, then I need to tell people I meet. If I believe God is real, I need to say so. Now, will everyone be glad about that? Will everyone be happy with what I say? No. No, not everyone's going to be happy with that. He says, when I spoke out loud, I was greatly afflicted. He says, I got in trouble when I started to talk about God. That happens. Verse 11. I said in my haste, all men are liars. <laughs> this is a fascinating verse. He admits that he spoke in haste. Or in other words, he felt this emotion and he had an emotional outburst. Have you ever had an emotional outburst? <laughs> Have you ever spoken in haste? Oh, yeah, that's the human condition, isn't it? Listen, my friends, somewhere along the line, the psalmist was very disappointed in people. Somebody lied to him. Somebody failed to keep their word. Someone walked away from him and abandoned him. He was so hurt by it that he had an emotional outburst. All men are liars. Sometimes maybe you wonder if there's anybody you can trust. When he puts it this way, of course, what he means is not all men are liars. He said, I said that in haste. I shouldn't have said it. Not everyone will disappoint you. It may feel like that, but that's not true. There are faithful people who you can trust. So when you have that emotional outburst, stop, relax a minute, think it over. You'll find there are good and faithful people all around you. Most of all, God will never let you down. God will never abandon you, and he will never disappoint you. Verse 12, what shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. God's been so good to me and so helpful and so kind. What can I give him in return? Now, it's a funny answer in this psalm to that question. What can I give God? I want to give God something. He's been good to me. What can I give him? And the answer is, I'll take from him. <laughs> I thought you were going to give him something. He said, no, the answer is, I'll take it from him. Is that right? Do you give to God by taking from him? Oh, that's exactly right. It's perfect. The cup of salvation. What is it, he says, that he's going to take? What does it represent? Back in Bible times, to share a cup was to symbolize sharing a feast, a celebration meal, sort of a Thanksgiving dinner. And God has a table spread. Dinner is all set out. A feast is made ready. And so when you take the cup, you join in the celebration and sit at the table and you partake of the feast. Jesus calls communion taking the cup. He says when he had supped, he took the cup. 
Nothing God wants more from you than your participation in his celebration. So the psalmist says, I'll join in and I will call on God and taking the cup is what makes God happy. Now, if you're going to live your Christianity out in public, you need to let the world out there know it's a celebration. We're having a good time over here at East Shelby. Yeah. Our lives have been made stable and happy and secure. So show it on your face. Even people who disappointed you will be touched by your happy celebration of God's love. So now we come to the third stanza. The first one, a personal relationship with God and praying to him. The second one, tell the world out there that we're celebrating God's love. And so we start the third one in verse 14. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Take a look at verse 18. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Two verses exactly the same, just a couple uh, phrases apart. He says, because I love the Lord, another thing I must do, I've just got to go to church. That's what he said. I'm going to get together with God's people and do what? Well, verse 16, oh Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thy handmaiden. Thou hast loosed my bonds. He said, my mother was your handmaiden. Or my mother was a servant to God. And I was born then to be a servant to God. But he said, you made me free. So I'm not forced to. I choose instead to serve you. It's my free choice. So I will serve the Lord. And that's why we come to church to serve. So when I come to serve, verse 17, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. I'll tell God's people out there that I'm joining with what God has done for me. The close call which he delivered me. The stability and the joy he's brought to my life. Join with God's people and tell how good God has been to your soul. Now my friends... There's a verse here at first you might think is out of place. Doesn't fit here. And he said, I'm going to church because I love God. And I want to serve him and tell the people of God how marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. And then verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. What's that got to do with going to church? Go to church to serve, to worship, to thank God. What does that have to do with precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints? My friends, it's got everything to do with it. At the beating heart of church attendance, 
and faithful participation lies this great truth. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. My friends, for years now, people have been saying to me, Eric, when you do a funeral service, it's different from all the other ones. I did eight funerals in the past few weeks. Over and over, people walk up to me and they tell me, your funeral services are different. Why are they different? Because precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saint. Get it in your head. We come to church to celebrate God. He has delivered our souls from death and our eyes from tears as the psalmist wrote and our feet from falling and we're supposed to speak in front of the world the things that we believe what the psalmist said. Don't you get it? I love the Lord. I come to church and I serve the Lord. And when I die, when my turn comes to die, I will go to my reward. I've been working here for 32 years without pay <laughs> don't you believe it my reward is up in heaven and my home is not on Roberts Road where we're going next week my home's up in heaven my family is up in heaven my church people are up in heaven and most of all my friends my Jesus is up in heaven. As the old song says, face to face, oh blissful moment. Face to face, what will it be when with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ who died for me. Face to face shall I behold him far beyond the starry skies. Face to face in all his glory I shall see him by and by. So when I die, God's people better get together and celebrate. It's the privilege of the church. It's the honor of God's people. It's the delightful celebration of our Savior to join in when we die and celebrate that cup of salvation that guarantees us such a happy and joyful end to this life. And so we come to verse 18. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of the old Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. We will work together. We will worship together. We will wait on God together. We will live together. And we will die together. Because we feel the same things together. We love the Lord and we will call on him as long as we live. So praise the Lord in his house. Worship in his courts. Thank you, Jesus, and praise the Lord. Psalm 116, a personal relationship with God. An outward testimony to the world. And a joyful joining together with God's people to celebrate. I like Psalm 116, don't you? Amen. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we are inspired by what you tell us. We recognize that we have responsibilities to the people out in the world, 
and to each other here. But here is such a sweet place, and here is such a good thing. And we live together, and we die together, and we know that God is good, come what may. So we do celebrate when someone leaves this world, and we look forward to a reunion again. And so when we cross that great river, what a day it will be. We look forward to it. We know that we are here to celebrate, take the cup, and join in. Bless us, we ask, as we do those things. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Closing, I'd like to have you sing a song with us. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting Standing as we sing, leaning on the everlasting arms on the back of your paper. time we come to you because we know we can ask for these things we ask that you would teach us teach us to pray in our lives teach us to have those simple good prayers in our lives that bring a meaningful relationship between you and us we ask lord for those things and we ask that we would have a love for the people of this church and the people around us and our families our friends and beyond lord teach us to serve here with grateful hearts and be thankful for what we have been given for the many blessings in this place 
And Lord, bring us to that time in the end when it is our time to cross that river. We pray that it would be with a grateful heart. We know that every death of a saint is precious in your sight. We are thankful for that. And we pray that we would do it with rejoicing and without fear because we have the faith and the belief that you are on the other side waiting for us, smiling, calling us there. We just ask for those around us to show us in, in their lives, help us to say, won't you come with us, Lord, to that river of happiness. We thank you so much for the blessings we have, for this place, for all of those this week that are going to be baptized, Lord, as this coming week comes up. We just ask for protection and watch care over all of the people in this place. Bring them back safely. We thank you for this beautiful day in your name.